Hello and welcome to episode 249 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy, coming to you from a very chilly Canada. <laughs> yes, I've been coming to you from chilly Canada for a while now, it's just you have now joined me. I have joined you, yes. I remember what we were supposed to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yesterday, Sandy and I got together for coffee and when we were there, Sandy pulls out these two little paper bags and like lays out napkins on the table <laughs> and like pulls out her spork to like cut the items in half. I, I so, always have a spork. Do you not carry sporks? You know what? I used to. Uh, I used to always have a spork. Oh, they come in handy. They really do. Well, because they're both a spoon and a fork, as and, you know. <laughs> and a little bit of a knife. There's that little oh, serrated piece. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I had a spork for the longest time, and I always had it with me. Like, I always had it in my school bag. So wherever I was, I had the spork. But at some point, it broke. Okay. And I think I just never replaced it. And, yeah, and so now I never... I think I thought you had one in the car also. Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, I I don't think it's there anymore. Okay. I don't think it's there anymore, but I should really replace it, like mm -hmm. put it back there. I mean, the thing is, ordinarily, ordinarily you don't need, you know, some cutlery. Although, like the only time I really need some cutlery is for lunch at school and I bring... Um, like a fork or a spoon in my cooler, like like when I'm packing my lunch in the morning. Okay. How, however, if I had the spork, then you know, on the odd time that you forget something or or like okay, okay. case in case yeah. in point. Yeah. Okay, yesterday, yesterday I used it to cut. Yeah. The two different walnut crunches two different walnut crunches we were doing a taste test it was really it was a real hardship for us <laughs> yeah however but then henny also when she came in she because this is how henny rolls she's already gone and bought a little thing of fruit for us to share it's true and she has this takeaway container that she has made the most amazing salad she just had she said you just have to try it but you also gave that to me but did you give me any utensils how was no, I going to eat that thing with my fingers <laughs> okay no and I didn't think you were going to eat it right then and there well I ate it at eleven fifteen. <laughs> it was almost lunch that is I was true hungry <laughs> yeah the food was sitting there on the seat in the car yeah <laughs> And I kept and you looking had a at spork. it. Fantastic. And I had a spork. This is what I'm saying to you. Had I, mean, I not had a spork, I wouldn't have been able to eat it. It would have looked a little ridiculous. Yeah. Or you would have eaten it, but you would have eaten it with your fingers. Well, that would have been ridiculous. I mean, it's not that it hasn't happened. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I when mean, you're hungry, you do what you do. You do. <laughs> you do what you need to. And the thing that is, people are like, this is the most ridiculous conversation I've ever heard. But here's the truth of the matter is that sometimes you need a fork and sometimes you need a spoon. Yes. You know, like if you have a fork, but then you've got some yogurt, it's not really yeah. going to help you. No. Okay. Here's, okay. If I go to, say I've gone through a takeout at Wendy's yes. when I'm in Canada and I want to have a, a side Caesar and yeah. a chili. Yeah. And there's no utensils in the bag. What oh, would I, I what it was a girl to do? No, I know. I, I have a spork so I can like take a spoonful of my chili and yeah. then 
ate that and then just turned the utensil the other way and just have a little bit of my salad. It really is like magic. It really is. It really is. This is a paid advertisement for Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag not an ad. (laughs) Whoever makes Sporks should be sponsoring us because I think we are doing an excellent job of selling the product. I, I probably own five Sporks. I have now, I now have a renewed vested interest in sports. <laughs> and I think that when we get finished recording this episode, I'm going to order myself a new spork. Yeah. And while I'm at it, I'm going to get one for James and for Mark and maybe even for, maybe well, even for Net. I can tell you that they have like a value pack, like you can order and they're all different colors because Phil and I, this is something like, because we um, travel so much. I have it in my travel medical bag. That's a good I idea. I also have it in like when we are hiking. So they're in our backpacks. Yeah. That's a good because idea. it's, I mean, what if I need to cut a limb off of him? Like when we're, we're somewhere, <laughs> you're not doing it with a spork, <laughs> but you never know if that's what I have that has some sort of serrated edge. Maybe I'm going to sharpen it on a rock. If, but if you're traveling, to have it in your like little medical bag that you're traveling with, yeah. that's really clever because when you're, when like if you're staying in hotels, for example, mm-hmm. it's very common. Like for me, I don't know if this is common for other people, but for me, like it would be very common for me to grab like some yogurt, some mm-hmm. like a f- some fruit, like some random things to put in the little mini fridge for like breakfast in the morning. Yeah. But when you're in a hotel, you don't have utensils utensils so yeah Yeah. it's it it is a it is a good thing to have okay anyway all of that you know why you know why i had a sport you know when i was first introduced to the sport (laughs) this is not where this conversation was supposed to go at all and and in fact i do have something that we're going to talk about later that i think is is going to actually be of interest to people but (laughs) The reason that I was first introduced to the spork Mm. was because Eddie Bauer has these beautiful blankets that are downfilled and they are uh, like, I think it's uh, synthetic down, like it's not actual. Um, And on one side, it's like sleeping bag material. Yeah. And on the other Mm -hmm. side, it's like, uh, like a quilted blanket. So it's like cool on one side, warm on the other side. Anyway, these blankets are, they're they're lovely throws to have because, because they're both cool and warm, right? And my parents one year got, like, they they had, they had been uh, introduced to these blankets. And so then they wanted to get these blankets for, like, all of the gifting. Everybody's got a blanket. That's that's how they, that's how they get a blanket and you get a blanket and you get a blanket. (laughs) That is often how they gift. Like they find something that is amazing and then they figure everyone needs it. But often it's like, it's something that everyone, you know, probably does want. Yeah. And, uh, but I guess Eddie Bauer had this sale on where it was like, buy one item, get the other item half off, but it was on anything in the store. And it wasn't one of those situations where it's like, buy one, get one half off, but the the one has like the half off is the less expensive item. No, no, no. It was any item. Okay. And so what they did is they bought a spork 
for you know a few dollars and then they got the blanket for 50 percent off and so they did so everyone in my like all the kids in my family got a blanket and a spork a blanket and a spork because the spork was like three dollars at eddie bauer and then the blanket was half off okay and so that was years and years and years ago like more than a decade ago i think but that's when i first was introduced to the spork i'd never seen it before okay so anyway, but now I'm, I'm, I'm back, I'm back on, I'm back on the spork train. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, the mouth feel like the, I mean, there are some things that are not ideal, but it is better than nothing. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, why did, why did you pull out the spork <laughs> yesterday? This is where the story yes. began. Correct. Because Sandy, because if you are living in an area where there are Tim Hortons, particularly, I, I'm assuming it's happening in all Tim Hortons, but it definitely is happening in Tim Hortons in Southern Ontario, that there is like this, you know, bringing the retro donuts back. So they've done this once before. They're doing it again, except I think before they only had a couple. This yeah. time it's like a handful yeah. of, I think there's like four the, of them right now. The, yeah. the retro donuts that are bringing, that they've brought mm-hmm. back. The Walnut Crunch is one of them. Yeah. So. We talked about doing this the last time and never did it. Okay. So this time, Sandy had purchased a walnut crunch from our very favorite Granddad's Donuts. Mm-hmm. And then, because we were meeting at Tim Hortons for coffee, she bought a walnut crunch at Tim Hortons. And so then she laid them both out. We looked at them and did we we looked at them, compared them. The Granddad's Donut looked much bigger it was taller it was broader it it looked the even the glaze looked better like everything we took a picture so we'll post the picture people can see for themselves but it it looked better and then she cut them in half with the spork so that we could each have half of each to try and what was your experience like sandy well the tim hortons one does not have the crunch that the granddad's one does correct it henny you said it had like a a, like a chocolate like a hershey syrup almost flavor to it i didn't notice that on the first bite of it what i found was that it was cakey Mm. like really cakey where um to me a walnut crunch has that real crunch on the outside of it that is obviously from frying it um for sure so it's it's deep and then you get a like you get some of that cakiness, but not all cakiness. Correct. Uh, so yeah, but then the second time I went back and had another bite of the Timmy's, then I did. It was like an artificial chocolate flavor. Yeah. So I had a bite of the Tim Hortons walnut crunch first, and that was the very first thing I noticed was this like. Uh, it was it was that flavor. It was like the flavor of like the Nest Quick chocolate syrup that you yeah. squeeze into the milk to like stir it together to make mm-hmm. chocolate milk. Like like that's the the taste that it had yeah. for me, which is fine, but like not yeah. super delicious. Right. Um and but then like truly there was no comparison. Like no. if you had if you were blindfolded and you had a bite of this one and a bite of that one, I mean there's no comparison. No, no comparison. The what 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 I wonder is thirty years ago were the walnut crunches at Tim Hortons 
more like the granddad's donuts. Absolutely. 100%. I think so too. Like, like I think the wall, the, the retro donut that they've brought yeah. back, it's not the same donut. No, because they don't cook them. They don't, n- none of the Tim Hortons have, um, they, don't they don't cook don't, the donuts. Right. Yet. They don't, they don't make them in so store I, anymore. You know, they, they think they come frozen. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, that's, yeah, it's not, it's the, not you, you can't have that same crunch when it's not frozen and then thawed. Right. Yeah, so the moral of the story is if you're really craving the retro Tim Hortons donut because it's nostalgic for you, don't bother. <laughs> that says, was my 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 uh, take. It says that they are they come in par baked, which is to say partially baked and then flash frozen at a large facility. Then they're prepared in small batches, theoretically, as needed in the always fresh oven, which is a combination microwave convection oven. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like mostly baked and then frozen and then like air fried to finish yeah. the baking process and warm them up. But it's not really even. No air fried because they're and and it also here's the thing honey i am i'm actually willing to sacrifice and go out on a limb and and buy one at another location and just see (laughs) i'll take one for the team i'm actually going to do it tomorrow because my mom i I woke up this morning to my mom leaving me a message saying just read on the ipad tim horton's bringing back walnut crunch donut no shit i ate one yesterday Oh dear! I think I'm going to send her a photo of it. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Yep. I, and I mean, I'm seeing her tomorrow, so she—I know she'll want to go and try one. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's good. Anyways, my now the my intel. My daughter told me that because a blueberry fritter was her absolute favorite, and right. she said it tastes terrible. Interesting. Also, a uh, a fan favorite over here. Yeah. Blueberry fritter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just not the same. It's not the same. No, I mean, I'll, kudos to them for the, for the apple fritter, because they did work on it a couple of years ago. That app, their apple fritters are very, very good. Okay. Now. Okay. So, but anyway, okay, we spent, oh, can I also just give sure. a plug though? Because, yeah. what, so here's the thing. I was in Toronto and I was meeting Henny at 8.30 a.m. in Stony Creek. Actually, yeah. was I in Winona? I was in Fruitland. I don't know yeah. where it was. So that's Stony Creek. <laughs> I was, Fru- I was, Fruitland is Stony Creek. You I was it. headed towards Niagara Falls. You, correct. 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 I was closer to Niagara Falls than I was Toronto. Yes, you were. I may have been closer to Niagara Falls than downtown Hamilton. No, no you were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you were okay. quite close to downtown Hamilton. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> anyway, I was I got up and I was getting ready and I was thinking, oh my goodness, I really need a little bit of something in my belly because I had like an hour and 15 minute drive Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to just be waiting for this donut tasting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I didn't know I was having fruit also. So that was like a, you know, a nice surprise. Anyway, so when I was in the Tim Hortons, I thought I need to have something because I'm feeling like, ugh. And I honestly said, um, I'll have a toasted bagel. But then I looked and they had egg bites. And right. I said, no, I'm going to have egg bites. So then he said, oh, which ones? And they have a cheddar and bacon with yeah. red peppers. He said, or we have egg white with spinach. And I yeah. said, oh, I'll take the egg white with spinach. Yeah. You know, so that and a tea was like 650 I think they were 3 99 or something. Mm-hmm. 
And I didn't have super high expectations, except for that it would be something that would get into my belly that would just like, you know, make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Also, it wasn't another, you know, bread product. Correct. So I was pleasantly impressed and surprised. I, they were large. They were much bigger than Starbucks egg bites, much bigger. And it was egg white, spinach with some sort of cheese. Mm-hmm. They were delicious. Okay. Highly recommend them. I mean, That's I could have got real fresh ones because it was 7 a.m. I don't know how long they had been sitting or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I would buy them again. That's how good they were. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So anyway. it's interesting that you say that because my sister, I think just a couple of days ago, said to me, like, I saw that Tim Hortons has egg bites. I wonder how they are. So I'll I'll let her know that that you said that they were good. Yeah, and then yeah, and then she can tell me what, or she can tell you, and you can tell me. Yeah, what what how she, she felt, actually what she yeah. actually felt. She well, felt. I can tell you right now that she won't be having the egg white with spinach. No, <laughs> she'll be choosing the 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 cheddar and bacon. However, <laughs> however, I feel like if the egg white and spinach is good, the cheddar and bacon must be. Yeah, I wonder if you're allowed to like say one of each. I I, I didn't look. I'm I mean, assuming the price is if that, the price is the same, it shouldn't matter. That's what I would want. Yeah, that's what I would want. I would want uh, yeah. both. Well, you want the best of both worlds. Of I, course, of course you do. And shouldn't we all? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we should. Okay, um, let's just very briefly talk about this salad that I made. Okay. Oh, so as you know. We're on this, well, I don't, I mean, I say we, like the royal we, but I'm on this real, like, uh, you know, vegetarian, at least, like, at least halftime vegetarian kick, you know, Mm -hmm. where I'm very committed to having my, like, having lunch be vegetarian, and I'd really like to find some sort of a vegetarian option for a dinner that Mark will also be happy with, you know? Yep. And so the other day I was, you know, just scrolling through Instagram as you do. And I've started to like follow a couple of different okay. like food, uh, you know, people, bloggers. Yeah, 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 bloggers. Right. And, and so I've following a few that, you know, are of different types of cuisine. But then I also thought I'm also going to follow a couple of these people who primarily do like vegan and vegetarian meals as well, because Mm -hmm. maybe I'll see something that I think like, ooh, like that will be good. Well, I saw this salad and now I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a salad that Mark's going to be interested in, but I saw it for me and I was like, this looks delicious. And the way that she did the video was like, you saw her like do all the different steps of the video. So you saw it like be put together in, uh, like in, in a short period of time. And I thought not only does it look and sound delicious, but it also looks super quick. Yeah. And, and so I was like, I'm going to make this. And it's, I mean, the base is sweet potato and beet that's Mm -hmm. been roasted in the oven. And then you add some white beans, some sunflower seeds, some parsley, some cilantro. And then the dressing is lemon juice, olive oil, salt, pepper, and feta cheese. And you like beat the dressing like so that the cheese is so that 
the because feta cheese is quite solid, right? Yeah. But when you mm-hmm. eat it with all the the lemon juice and stuff, then it becomes sort of like a almost like a paste. Yeah. And so you mix that all through. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Did you did you mention the beans? Because there were white beans in there too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it oh, it was so it was very 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 good. Yeah. But I did. Yeah. I I have to be honest that I was. I went and got gas at Costco and I had, and then I came out and I opened it and I thought, oh, I'm going to try and, you know, I'm going to drive and eat this at the same time. And then I had a little accident with my spork because when I turned the, <laughs> I had a, I had it in my hand. And then when I turned the wheel and then something happened and then some of it flew onto the floor of the car, just a little bit, a couple, I was like, what? <gasps> yeah. I had a little spork sit in. <laughs> I love how it took 30 minutes of talking about sporks and salads to finally be like, I have to confess. (laughs) It's not, you know, I mean, like like anything, it's like, you know, the 80-20. It's an 80-20. 80% of the time it's ideal, 20% not so ideal. Not so ideal. Oh, my goodness. I turned the wheel and something happened. Oh dear. Anyway, okay. <sighs> On a more serious note, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about the Gretchen Rubin's framework for like why people do or don't do things. Mm-hmm. And her framework is the four tendencies. And so she has she has come up with this theory that 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 people for the most part fall into one of the four tendencies when it comes to like action and inaction. And so she says, um, she's right. So anyway, that, that, that's that. And so we meant, we meant, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago because I heard her on a podcast and it was sort of just like a brief overview of things. And it had me thinking, and I had a bit of an aha moment with this, with this idea. And so of course, uh, when I talked to Tim about it, he was like, this sounds great. Like we need to get this book. So we get the book from, from the library. Yep. And so he reads it in like two or three days. And so then he's like, I'm finished with the book. Like you have to read it now so that we can talk about it. So now I've read the book. And so the last, in the last day or so, he and I have been talking quite a bit about it. And I thought, okay, I have to talk a little bit more about this to you. Because the the book is very the book is very good. If you're at all interested in um, you know the the reason behind why we do the things that we do, the Gretchen Rubin's book, The Four Tendencies, it's it's very easy to read. It's very um, speci- like there are a lot of specific examples, and she even goes through like each of the four tendencies and understanding each of the four but then she also goes through like how to deal with people who are of those tendencies so like if your spouse is that tendency if your kids are that tendency if you are a doctor or a healthcare provider and your patients are that tendency like she gives specific examples in all of those scenarios Mm -hmm. which is really really useful too um and the and I also think that she does a really good job of saying like First and foremost, this is not like this is not an 
overarching, all encompassing personality test. Like it's not about putting people in um, like in a box and that's just where they exist. She's like, this is, this is purely talking about the, the generalized reasons why people do things or don't do things. And so she says each one of the four tendencies is decided, like it, she said, I've come to these, these categories because I'm looking at whether or not people are uh, influenced by or will stick to um, external factors for motivation and internal factors for motivation. And so each of the four categories is a combination of that. So for example, a rebel doesn't want to stick to internal uh, commitments, nor do they want to follow external uh, obligations, right? They don't want either. Whereas the opposite, which would be the upholder, wants to do both, wants to both stick to their internal commitments to themselves as well as external mm. obligations from other people. Mm -hmm. And then questioners and obligers are a combination where they do one but not the other. Okay. Right? Yep. And so and so then she also says like of course everyone has a little bit of all of the like parts in them and depending on the situation and depending on the the expectation you may or may you know, like you may or may not you know follow that like be, whether or not it's according to the the category you're in right yeah. but she says for the most part like everyone does kind of fall into these these four categories because we all either do or don't follow internal and external expectations like it yeah. it, it just it is what it is right so um, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, you and I are both obligers, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was very interesting to hear, like to listen to the chapter about obligers, like, and here are the things about, like specific things about obligers, examples of what obligers do or how obligers think. And then of course, like, um, you know, how, how people can, you know, work with obligers or help obligers out or whatever right yeah but then it was also interesting to for me especially to to read the chapters on the questioners because a lot of the important people in my life are questioners so then uh. to sort of understand that a little bit better mm -hmm. and like where they're coming from and so it was and like why they do things or don't do things and then why they maybe can or can't understand why I do or don't do things, you know? Yeah. So it was really, really interesting. And there were a few things about the obliger, like that it's just sort of like connecting dots, right? And, and having a better understanding for myself about why I, well, that's it. Like why I do the things that I do or don't do the things that I, that I don't do, you know? And, and she was talking a lot about, you know, that often obligers will say, you know, well, you know, I'm, I take care of myself or I take care of other people before I take care of myself. Like I want to take care of other people before I worry about myself. And she said, that's not actually, that's not actually true. She's like, with obligers, they want to take care of other people, period. 
<laughs> she said, there's no bit about I'm going to do this before I take care of myself. She's like, obligers, obligers want to, they, they are fueled by external motivation, external accountability, external obligation. She said, they, they have no desire to stick to an internal, uh, commitment. And so that was, it was interesting to hear that because I've always thought like, and, and been frustrated by the fact that for me, it always seems like I can stick to things, whatever it might be, except for like eating healthily. Like, Mm. You know, I can be super committed to my job. I can be super committed to my schooling, my education. I can be super committed to whatever, like, you know, cleaning my house, like whatever it might be. But when it comes to eating healthily, it it goes in fits and starts for me. Like I can be super committed and then I'm super not. But But that seems to be the only area of my life where I can't. And so I'm like, okay, but then you're saying to me, that I can, like, that I always need external, um, like, uh, an, an external obligation or an external motivation or, you know, a, an external accountability. Like, I always need that. I'm like, okay, but what about when I do this? Or what about when I do that? But what listening to the chapter really made me think of is that all of these other things, it feels like it's coming from me, but it's not actually. Right. Right. Like, so like an example. Right. So when I think about my job, you know, and, and, you know, I'm very motivated to put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to be the very best at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's because it's for someone else. It's for my students. It's for my colleagues. It's for my administrators, right? It's not actually me. And, and so the pressure is coming from like, the pressure is coming from like, I'm putting the pressure on myself, but the, the accountability is actually coming from outside. And I was like, oh, that is, and even like with schooling and with education it's the same like the the pressure to do well is my own like like Mm -hmm. no one no one cares if I do well or not but 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 there is a date for the test there is a due date for the paper like there there are um external accountability like pieces factored into this that I have to meet and so no wonder I do it yeah that was really a real like eye-opening thing that it's like, oh, so all these things that that I think I'm actually motivated to do for myself, it's not super that, <laughs> you know? So, so that was really interesting to think about. And then the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot since a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it was this idea of like obliger burnout and then obliger rebellion where obligers more than any other uh, type are prone to burnout Mm -hmm. because they're constantly uh, working to meet external obligations. And then 
because they're they're taking on more and more and more eventually they get tired of it Mm -hmm. and so and so she kept she had like these little mottos that she kept using for the different types and and one of the mottos that she would say for obligers would be like um like I'll do everything until I until I won't yeah (laughs) and I was like that definitely feels like me you know I'll do absolutely everything and and it really factors into you know of course other things we've talked about over and over and over again like an all or nothing attitude you know like I'll do all of it and then I'll do none of it you know and that that and so she just kept saying like she's like so I'm going to repeat this again you know um obligers need external accountability and and so and she and she was really good about saying like every category of 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 uh of the tendencies every tendency has positives and negatives and one is not better than the other and one is not and because she said one of the questions that she gets a lot is who are the happiest and who Hmm. are the most successful and she said in all of the research that she's done she's like the people who are the most successful and the people who are the happiest and the people who are both the happiest and the most successful. She said, they are always the people who have figured out how to work within their tendency the best. Uh She said, it's not that obligers are most successful or that rebels are happiest or she's like, it's not that ever. Mm -hmm. She's like, it's always about the person who has figured out how to, how to do them the very best. And so she said, when it comes to obligers, they need external accountability. They just Mm -hmm. do. And if they have it, it's great. And if they don't, it's not. Okay. I'm just going to throw a wrench in here. Do it. So for you to, if you think about, there have there not been times when you have had an external motivator but have not eaten healthily? Yes, for sure. I mean, obviously, yes, because mm-hmm. um, those, yeah, I mean, because more times in my life than not, I've eaten poorly. So, yes, I think the trick is that it has to be, uh, like, I. it has to be, it, it must be that, the accountability, like I have to feel, I have to feel accountable to whatever that external thing is or person or I like event or whatever. Like there, something has to be, it has to be that I feel like that I care enough about it, I guess. Okay. I, I that doesn't, but I, but I, okay. Can I just give an example of when I think that that's bullshit? Yeah. Sure. For you? Yeah. Or do you not want me to? I can tell by the look on your face. You no, don't you want can. me to. You can. <laughs> No, 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 it's not that. It just, there's, no, no, there's something else that she said that really okay. resonated with me that I'm thinking of and, and I'm feeling it right now, but go, <laughs> go No, no, ahead. no, well then go ahead and just say what no, it no, is. No, 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 tell me, tell me. Well, I can say, what about, I mean, you were working for WW and accountable right. to the, all of the members. Correct. But there was a time, I mean, it, it was, there's something that changed there because it wasn't uh, an in-person. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So, and I think that's where, like, I guess, I guess what 
is accountable like like what is the accountability or the level of it the level of accountability for me so because like when I started working for WW, the reason that I wanted to work for WW was because I know in my being, and even though I resent it, and that's what I'm going to talk about next, Okay. even though I resent the fact that I require the accountability, I know that I need it. Yeah. And so I thought working for WW was going to be a really great opportunity for me because it would, in essence, force me to stick to the the healthy eating that I was doing and that I was successful with and that 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 genuinely made me feel really good mm-hmm. right and so I thought if I'm working for WW then I am going to, like that's going to be uh, enough accountability for me to stick to this and to Mm -hmm. do what I know that I need to do in order to eat well, treat myself, like treat my body well and, and, and have a body weight and size that I'm happy with and comfortable in. Okay. And there were a lot of pieces to that accountability, right? Like initially when I started working for WW, we had to weigh in like once a year in front Mm -hmm. of the managers. So like there's that piece, right? There also was, the fact that, you know, every week you had to stand in front of a group of people. So like, and those people are looking at you and mm-hmm. and you can't as, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on, on this podcast too, is that, you know, you can't hide your weight. Yeah. Right. And so that, that, and it was, it, that was great external accountability for me. And then when the pandemic hit and we went online, all of a sudden, I didn't have to. I didn't have to have my body in front of people anymore, yeah. and so I lost that level of accountability. Okay. And so I gained like forty pounds in that period of time, mm-hmm. and and so then it was like what. And, and like, yes, was I still accountable to my members to coach them and to guide them and to talk with them and to listen to them? Yeah, but I could still do that. Yes. Right? My, I, it didn't feel like my body was accountable to them anymore. Yeah. I, the, the only, the, the point that, because you had said that it, when whatever that external thing doesn't become important to you, and that was not the point. You were still super committed, super, um, you know, uh, invested. Very, very much so. In, in the members. A hundred percent. At that time. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So it's like you said, there are, there are different layers to, yeah, to it. Okay. Because, because the next thing, like the, the, the thing that really pushed, like, gave me the external accountability to get my act together and mm-hmm. to, to remove that weight again yeah. was the fact that my siblings and I had decided that we were going to have professional photos taken for my mom for her birthday. Yeah. And I wanted to be happy with the photos that were taken. Okay. 
and so that was enough to like that was enough external accountability because like that was a huge piece that it was like okay like however many months from now we're going to have these professional photos taken they're going to be printed in large size and framed and put on a wall for who for knows how many years like yeah. like th it was a big deal to me yeah and so yeah. i was adamant that mm -hmm like I be happy with the photo that was taken. And so that was enough accountability to like, you know, switch me back into, okay, eating well, removing weight, like being active, like doing what I, I mean, I guess I was, I was always active, but like adding the other pieces back in. Right. You know? Yep. And so then, you know, but like it doesn't stick because then the photos were taken and then what? Yeah. Then that, that, uh, well, I mean, it's the accountability, right? Like that, that piece of like needing to still have this body yeah, uh, or feeling like I needed to have that body wasn't there anymore. And so then, yeah. you know, put weight back on again, you know? Yeah. So it's, oh, it's a real, know. it's a real trick. And so the, the thing that she, that was in the chapter in the book that I hadn't heard her say before when she was talking on the podcast was this idea of resent mm -hmm. and that, um, that she said it's very common for obligers to resent the fact that they require the external, um, uh, you know, watching, you know, like yes. supervision. And I mean, that I have felt in the core of my being since I was a teenager. Like I, I just, and this is something I know that I've said out loud to you and on the podcast, you know, many, many moons ago that I just, I always hated the fact that I knew that I needed the help, yeah. but I think it wasn't maybe, maybe to say that I needed the help was wrong. It was that I, I resent the fact that I need the accountability. Yeah. Like that you that, can't just do it. I can't just do it. Yeah. You know, and, but what has helped me just this week in listening to this chapter is that I thought that I was accountable to myself in all these other areas of my life and that it was just my weight that I needed external accountability for. But now I'm seeing and reframing the idea that actually I have external accountability in all these areas of my life too. I just didn't realize it until now, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I resent it a little less knowing that I actually have it. Like I've it's built into my life in all these other areas. And so, and so what if I need external accountability for my weight? I mean, I need it for everything else. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. oof, that it's been a real, yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a real journey for me. Those these last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, but it's helpful. I, I, I guess, I mean, does she talk about like what you do with that resentment? Whether you just like, I mean, resentment is a terrible um, thing Emotion. to carry around. Yeah. 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 You know? And so how do you shift that feeling into acceptance? Mm. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because like some, some of the, 
examples that she gives like she says you know like like especially there's a section where she says you know here's what people like if you're dealing with an obliger in your life here are some things like that you could try and say this to them or you could you know suggest this to them and like and some of the things that she was saying I was like I would die if so I mean that's an exaggeration but like like my hackles go up just hearing it you know Mm. like like you know like she's suggested maybe like um someone like saying like you know well you know wouldn't you feel better if you had this or you know like something like that and I'm like no (laughs) but then she also makes the point that she said often the the person or the people who provide the accountability might not be a spouse or a family member like yes like she said you know for a lot like obligers have to find the right person to be that accountability person for them and she said actually she said often when it's a spouse she's like it doesn't work because the spouse is an extension of them and so it's not external enough Mm. but for me like I just can't um, first of all I can't imagine Mark ever saying something like that to me but I also feel like if he did I would be upset yeah you know so so I mean that would not be good (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but isn't part of it because often the person that like a a spouse or a family member that you've already opened up enough to them so they see the full picture and you really need to have that person or whatever it is that you have the accountability or you feel the outside yes and And doesn't know so much right I I think that's a piece of it for sure For sure. So, yeah. I mean, currently, I'm feeling a very strong sense of external accountability because um, we have a big Disney trip planned in March, and Mark's coming with for the very first time. He's never been to Disney World, yeah. and I'm very excited about it, and I'm very excited about going and having a fun time and taking yeah. lots of pictures, and it's very important for me to feel comfortable in my body while we're there. Okay. So I'm currently feeling extremely motivated to yeah. eat well and be healthy and remove some remove some of this excess weight. But what I'm going to have to do is, you know, the same thing that I, you know, would say to so many members for so many years is like, you know, that's, that's not the end game. Like, what, what next, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's almost like, well, why, why is feeling really good important to you at that then, but not right now? Right. And like, and that's what the part that's weird is because it is. Yes. But like, I guess it's just not enough. Like, I, I don't know, Sandy. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. But so it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a week, a couple, the last few weeks for me, like ever since I came across this idea of these four tendencies and like, and this idea of, um, obliger rebellion and like you know doing everything and everything and everything until like you just refuse to do anything and then you know this added layer of like resenting the idea that you need this but like you Mm. do and like all of these things like just a lot of percolating but like it's it's been it's been good for me especially because it's it's like this kind of learning and thinking is also paired with 
the fact that I currently have a really great external motivator and I'm feeling really motivated and good about it. Like, I wonder if I were not feeling this way, if I would take this information in the same way. Right. You know, or if I would shut it out because I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a significant possibility. <laughs> it's a strategy you've used before. Before. Yeah. We've all used before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that about myself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But, but it's anyway. all it's all a process too because sure. there's one thing about listening and taking that in and thinking about it and 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 starting to recognize that oh this actually is me. The second thing is that you are very open about sharing it. And so when you do that it 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 one it gives yourself that it it cements it even more in yourself and makes it okay you don't care can feel shameful yeah and that's new I mean that's yes me oh my god for sure when I first met you you were like "Mm." no no and like even like even when like when I first met you and even like before that like I couldn't talk about without crying like Like, as soon as I had to say anything related to my weight, it was like waterworks. Like, I just, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. couldn't. And, like, now I still will cry sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, but, like, the amount that I'm able to sort of uh, say out loud and the number of people that I'm able to say things yeah. out loud to related to my weight and my eating and all of that, like, it's, I do feel like I'm making progress. <laughs> no, for sure. Because it's a, it's an, it's a burden to carry. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the, the weird thing is, is it's not like other people don't know or sure. don't sense it or don't see at different points how it affects your personality, right. how you interact. It's and that's funny, what's like, weird about it, you know, yeah, for all of us. For sure. For not sure. just you. I'm talking in general. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but people pick up on it, right? Like, because sure even like the last few weeks, I've been really motivated to eat well. Well, and then I think too, like with this, like trying to like, uh, incorporate more vegetarian food yeah. items and like doing some more cooking again and yeah. like all of that sort of stuff. Like people around you notice that stuff because even Mark said the other day, he's like, so he's like, I was thinking, you know, like, um, cause he'd sort of gotten into a habit of having a drink every day when he got home from work. And he's like, I've been thinking, like, I feel like I've put on a couple of pounds. Like, I think maybe I'm just going to stick to Fridays for drinks. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and like, we haven't talked about anything, yeah. you know, like, and, but like, I know that this is coming from like, he sees me trying to yes. make some better choices. And now like, I, I'm sure it's related. Like, I'm sure he didn't just come up with it. I don't I mean, yeah, he, himself. He came up with it on his own. I yeah. never said anything. I mean, have a drink every day. Like, I don't care. But, yeah. but it's, but it, but I think it's connected, right? Like, I think you notice what the people around you are doing and then that influences your behavior. For sure. For sure. We, that's, and that's why it's good to share these things because sometimes you share something and, and it, it hits somebody in a way that it influences them without you. That's not your intention. Correct. Yeah. Right. But it, but it does it for sure. It does happen. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, Gretchen Rubin's never been my real favorite. So, yeah, I but mean, I'm, I, I think I, I need to listen to yeah. at least this 
I think I, I think okay. There is so there I think there's another book of hers at some point, maybe like related to the happiness project or like yeah. something that I also have read that I wasn't that keen on. But I'm telling you, like I heard her on this podcast talking about the four tendencies and like my little mm-hmm. spidey senses went ding 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 ding. Yeah. And and truly uh, the four tendencies, like the book, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. In fact, like confession, I listened to the obliger and the questioner chapters twice. Okay. <laughs> because I had to go back and like yeah. hear them again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Definitely, I will. And I mean, it's like anything. Just because I listened to her five years ago and wasn't, I mean, well, I'm, I'm different than I was then. For mm. sure. And I, I wonder for you if you want to read the book instead of listen to it. Okay, good. That, that's code for the person's voice is really. I mean, it's her. Like, it's Gretchen Rubin who okay. reads it. Um, yeah. And I don't mind her voice, but yeah. I know that you're sensitive to voices. And especially yeah. if you already kind of feel like you weren't super fond of her. Like, yeah. I just wonder if that's another barrier, but. Okay, well, I didn't listen to the podcast. Did you share oh. that with me that she was uh, on? I don't know if okay. I did. I will. If I haven't, okay. I will. And then maybe at least listen to the podcast yes. to see. And taste tester. Taste test her voice. (laughs) But definitely, definitely, if you don't listen to the book, read the book. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I will. I will. So we started with sporks. Yes. But I think we went somewhere good. I think we did go somewhere (laughs) very good. Yeah. We are, we are not, yeah, we've gone past sporks. Well, Sandy, this was a really great chat. Thank you for, uh, uh, it was a real whirlwind and challenge for Sandy to get connected on a computer oh. this morning, but she managed it. And, and Henny was very, Henny was very um, obliging and uh, patient <laughs> with me. I've had two computers. I decided not to bring my own, thinking it was easier because I didn't have to carry it. Oh, bad choice. Anyways, anyways, it's it's up and running and we're good. I had to I had fine. to reset my password in Skype. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like pressing buttons, getting codes, putting stuff in. But miracle of miracles, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I did it myself. I'm super <laughs> proud of myself for figuring it out. Congrats to you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Um, You know, people who are listening, if you have listened to the four tendencies, uh, which tendency are you? And if you haven't, do you... Uh, do you think this might be for you? I'm I'm, inter- I'm interested to know, like, the people who are listening. She she says that the major, like, the largest percentage of people in the population are obligers. Wow, that's, well, that's, but that's, I mean, that is, I think that's, a, it's understandable, but it's also yeah. kind of good to know. I people so. help people, but. That's it, that's I it. I mean, doesn't mean other, the other tendencies don't help people. I mean, that's correct. No, broad, no, but, brush. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think. I, but yeah. I think it's true. Like, I think a lot of people, the majority of people are wanting to do things for other people. Yeah. But, but I can see it can also lead to a lot of unhappiness and unhappy people. And, so. and burnout, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my so goodness. yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear from, from listeners if, yeah. uh, if they have, uh, if they've read the book, if they've, if they've done the test, if they know what tendency they fall into and, and yeah. how that impacts them. Okay. So, Perfect. Anyway, Thank that's you. That's it. That's all I got Thank for you. you. Oh, it sounds, I mean, it was amazing. So thank you so much and um, you enjoy the rest of your day. You have a, a day to do with 
what you wish almost <laughs> because you're an obliger. <laughs> Correct. So, so you are. So there are some things that I've already committed to doing for other people. <laughs> But oh, I do plan goodness. on having some time to read my book for myself. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Which also is a little bit obliging because it's a book that my mom bought for me. So I kind of feel like I have to read it, but okay. it's okay. <laughs> All right. See you, Sandy. All right. Take care. Bye.